Hello, podcasters. This is Richard, founder of Short-Term Rental University and Airbnb Superhost. Today, I'm really psyched to bring to you Ian McHenry, who's the founder and CEO of Beyond Pricing, the first and largest dynamic pricing business for Airbnb and short-term rentals. He's helped me grow my business and profitability tremendously, and he's here to help you. So let's get started. Welcome to the STRU Podcast, your number one online hosting community, helping you achieve your goals through short-term rental investing. Now, here's your host, Richard Furtick. Hello, everybody. This is Richard. Thrilled to announce that we're joined by Ian McHenry, who's the founder and CEO of Beyond Pricing. If any of you have uh, seen me talk about Beyond Pricing, I can tell you it's been the single biggest thing that's helped improve my profitability. I now have it turned on for Airbnb and HomeAway on multiple listings. And um, if you haven't started using dynamic pricing, and in specific, beyond pricing, you really owe it to yourself to do it. You're doing all the same work. You're just not necessarily optimizing your income. And every big business is using big data to refine and optimize their pricing strategy. It's the single most important thing I've ever done and get down into like what Beyond Pricing does and how Ian does it. So Ian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Richard. So glad to be here. So glad to, to talk with your whole community. Yeah. So, you know, we've spoken many times two, three years ago, and I didn't really believe the data. Um, Ian and I spoke at a lot at length because I was, you know, not really believing about seasonality and peak pricing. Um, Ian was very accessible, and I really appreciate that. And I think we've developed a a relationship and a friendship. So um, I know a lot about you, but the audience doesn't. So in a nutshell, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about like what you do, yep. uh, how you got to founding Beyond Pricing, um, and, and what you're seeing. And then we'll get a little bit more detailed about the software and how that works. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's been, uh, it's been fun keeping in touch throughout these years, Richard. Um, a lot has changed since uh, you first started using Beyond Pricing, both with us and in the market in general. It's crazy uh, what can change in three years. Um, but yeah, for your audience, uh, Beyond Pricing is just software uh, to help you dynamically price uh, your Airbnb or vacation rental um, to take advantage of fluctuations in demand so you can get the most from your listing. And so anybody using us, whether you are an individual with one property only on Airbnb, or you manage 10 properties and use some property management software, um, you can connect your listings to us. We'll automatically show you um, recommended rates based on our fancy big data predictive analytics um, and come up with recommended rates for every single day um, and then push those right back to your listing site or your property management software automatically. Um, and this is it's very similar to the same kind of software that all the big hotels and all the big airlines are using. Um, they're not sitting there just uh, kind of taking a guess or doing all this stuff manually. They're using sophisticated software to um, make the most uh, out of their hotel revenue or their airline revenue. Um, we actually got started because um, I spent pretty much the last decade of uh, my career uh, working uh, in the travel space um, primarily with airlines, but also a bit with hotels uh, on revenue management dynamic pricing. So I would go into um, big airlines uh, and would help them figure out how to price. Um, and all those big airlines would be used in some sort of software. Airline guys would use something called Pros. Uh, the hotel guys would use something called Ideas or Rainmaker or Duetto. Um, and we looked at the vacation rentals back in 2013 
Um, and I was new to the industry. And so the first thing I did when uh, looking to, to manage my listing and we were actually trying to manage a few others, as I said, all right, great. Uh, where's the software to help me uh, manage my prices? Because uh, that's what I was used to. Every, every hotel and airline had that and it just didn't exist. So we created Beyond Pricing um, way back then and uh, finally launched it about early 2014 as the first dynamic pricing software just built exclusively for vacation rentals. And now, if I recall correctly, you were working for a, a big um, consulting firm, you know, probably yep. high paid salary job, <laughs> and, and you became an entrepreneur to solve a need. Um, yep. And so you walked away from a big job to start a company. And yeah. how's that gone? A lot of our <laughs> a lot of our listeners not only are really interested in growing their Airbnb, but they're also interested in entrepreneurship. And many of them yep. are sitting at a desk right now listening, but contemplating taking that big, bold move. Yeah, um, it's tough. You have to, and you know this too, Richard. Um, it's you go all too from, well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Building a business from scratch is a lot of work. Um, you know, you're right. I worked for a management consultancy called Oliver Wyman, which is part of a big conglomerate called Marshall McLennan. Um, and and we would go in there, you know, recent Ivy League graduates, and they would, um, you know, we'd suddenly be in front of C-level executives at multi-billion-dollar airlines, telling them how to price. Um, which was great and easy, and they just, you know, um, that was my day. I'd manage, you know, billions of dollars of, of bookings, um, and I was only a year or two out of college. Um, when you when I decided to give all that up and and start um, anew, um, suddenly, you know, you're not dealing with billion dollar clients. You're you're dealing with, uh, you know, usually smaller businesses or individuals. Um, and you kind of, and, and they have no idea who Beyond Pricing is. They don't care what school you went to. Um, all they care is that your your software works, hopefully, um, and and makes them uh, uh, makes them a little bit more money or saves them a little bit of time. So, you know, it's a big transition. Um, you know, really, the the key to it for us has been um, grit. <laughs> right. You know, just uh, uh, having conviction in what you're doing, and and you know constantly uh, making sure that you're meeting the needs of people and that they're you know, willing to pay you money for, for what you're doing. And so, you know, when we started, I was just thinking about it the other day. I, we have old uh, advertising flyers and whatnot. Um, and I remember when we, we raised a little bit of venture capital um, and we were first trying to raise money, we were so excited because we had priced over a million dollars of bookings. And this was a big deal for us. You know, I think it was over nine months we had priced a million dollars of bookings. Um, fast forward today, and we're doing about a billion dollars of bookings a year that we're pricing. Um, That's amazing. But but it That's took us you good know for you four years to get there, right? And if we had looked at it after two years, um, uh, we probably weren't there yet. And and a lot of times it's it's just timing, especially if you're doing something that's a little bit early. Um, and you saw it with Airbnb even, right? It took a while to get to where they are right now. Those first couple of years were were touch and go, but it's really what in that third and fourth year where you really start hitting your stride. So um, don't be discouraged. Yeah. If, uh, if you're seeing the right signals, um, don't be discouraged. I completely agree with everything. And since I'm a, perhaps a little bit older than you, um, <laughs> I would just also say that, you know, we're talking about two years or three years or four years. Historically, being an entrepreneur, you know, like a family run or a family owned business, it's decades, right? Yep. Like that's why you see 
restaurants or shops like in business since 1964 it's just right now it's at the internet speed so everything has just come together much more quickly so if you're doing something not internet related it's not going to happen in two three years the first business that charles and i started which is a transportation company we saw tremendous growth but we didn't go from a million to a billion in four years right and not and just to be clear i very much appreciate the way that you charge and you can walk us through that because sure. we only pay for for performance for bookings yep. Right. Yeah. So, so walk us through that. And just to be clear, Ian is not doing a billion dollars in revenue. He's not no. a billionaire. Um, <laughs> he's facilitating bookings all across the country or the world. You tell us um, yeah. and collecting, you know, his fee on that. So tell us how you charge people. Yeah, it's just one percent of bookings. You make it super simple. Um, you know, we we did that from the beginning. You know, nobody had software like this before. So we kind of set that standard. Um, and the reason why we want to do that is when you look at vacation rentals, I mean, they're, they come in all shapes and sizes and they're in every single pocket of the world. And so we really wanted to make the software um, match the revenue of the folks that were using it. So we have people with $10 a night, you know, rooms in Bangkok. Uh, and then we have, you know, uh, some Richards out there with $1,000 a night places. I don't know if yours are that. I forget, Richard. Um, but right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we have the full the full gamut, so we wanted to make sure that um, software like this was accessible to to everybody and kind of democratize it a bit there. And so we're completely tied to you. Your low season is our low season. Um, thank goodness we're starting to come out of that right now. Um, and uh, and your high season is our high season. So w we always wanted to tie that to um, directly to to your performance. And yeah, it's, and you think, know, rather than, you know, charging a, a flat rate or, um, you know, here, you know, what we're doing kind of makes sense. But, you know, you'll see uh, some listing sites that might not bring you much traffic if you're paying, uh, you know, a, a, a subscription fee or something like that and they're not getting you bookings. It's not worth it. We always want to make sure we're fully aligned with you. Yeah. And, and what I would say is um, I have made a multiple of the one percent. Right. Like there's no yeah. doubt in my mind that you are adding value. And I think some of the people that, you know, on our Facebook group, and if you haven't joined the Facebook group, anyone listening to the podcast that hasn't joined the Facebook group, find us at Short Term Rental University under groups in Facebook. It's a great resource. But uh, some of the people there are like, well, you know, um, if I charge $100 a night, and um, why am I paying the 1% the on, on what I would be charging anyway? And yep. my point is you have to manage expenses. I get that and I preach that and I believe in it. But at the same time, you have to take some risk. So don't worry about the fact that you're paying Ian a dollar on the hundred that you would have collected anyway, because just like somebody did on our Facebook group, they just posted it. They got a thousand dollars a night for six nights and they would have never in their wildest dreams ever possibly imagined raising their prices to that much. Yep. Right. But yep. so like he just he just made maybe a month or six weeks or whatever of revenue in six days. So let's not worry about the one dollar that you're paying six thousand that you're leaving if you don't do this. Yep. I mean, 100 percent. It's it's uh, it's one of those things where um, you always have to manage your expenses, but you also have to understand that certain expenses are investments. Um, you know, if you didn't, you know, you could just post your vacation rental up on Craigslist for free, right? Um, uh, but why do you um, let, uh, you know, pay some money to Homeway or pay some money to Airbnb? Well, you're going to get a big return on investment, right? You're spending money for marketing. 
um, because you know that'll drive people there. If you own a, a restaurant, um, you know you want to do some marketing as well. And yeah, it's a cost, but it's going to drive a lot more revenue than it actually costs. Same thing with um, any software. You know, software I always say, or, or anything you buy, should do you know w one of two things. It should either um, save you time, which then saves you money, uh, or um, make you a multiple of what you're paying for it in, in new revenue. Um, or both, even better. And you know, we try to make sure um, that we're doing both for you. Yeah, and I, I just on a personal level, I interview a lot of people on the podcast and and the expert sessions that we have for our paid members on the. And and I don't endorse or recommend all of them. A lot of it is just fact finding or hey, here's some information that we should consider and use it or not. In this particular case, every one of my properties is connected to Ian. I recently and beyond pricing. Um, I recently just uh, put on the HomeAway component on it, and I'll tell you a little story that just happened. I really do endorse his algorithms and his methodology, and I set it, and I forget it. I log in. It's really easy user interface, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, when I connected my HomeAway, I had been pricing it manually, and I raised the prices as we did some renovations, and I you know, managed it manually. Um, and there we do a lot more on HomeAway than on Airbnb, and that's why it wasn't linked. And so recently we had somebody who booked um, this year, well, 2017, and they went on HomeAway again to book for 2018. And they came back to us and said in the statement, um, hey, I wanted to rebook. We were the guests that stayed here before, but your pricing is literally 2x. And we went back to them and said, well, you know, you're, you're, um, we'd love to have you, but it turns out that we were pricing uh, below the rest of the market, and we were doing fine, and we were cash flowing, and we were being profitable, and this is something that people new to dynamic pricing need to get comfortable with, and you educated me on it, so I'm really pleased, and mm -hmm. I'd love to hear it in your own words, but somebody who's looking to book a year in advance is trying to pick you off, and talk <laughs> to us about the, the number of days that you start to see when bookings occur and how instead of being the first booked, right, instead yeah. of having your calendar full and taking comfort from that, like if you want to do that, sign a 12-month lease. Your calendar is completely <laughs> booked and you're below market rent. If you want yep. to be a short-term owner and maximize your profitability, what should your mindset be? And, you know, so we didn't sign this guy up, which might feel uncomfortable. And it was unfortunate. I don't like to turn people down that are repeat guests. Like I'd like to accommodate that. So I understand that that's not that great, but it's because I didn't start with you. But talk to us about how far in advance you should be looking and what your calendar should look like and what the data shows you. Yeah, that, that's a great example there, Richard. Um, it, it, one of the biggest mistakes people make um, is that they underprice their place. Um, and they what happens is uh, their calendar ends up being completely full you know, up to nine months out, right? Every single day is booked, and it feels good, right? Um, if you you're just new to it, and you put your your place on HomeAway, or you put it on Airbnb, and you price it way below market, um, suddenly, uh, you know, every single day is booked. And why that's happening is because you know, when somebody's looking very far in advance, um, you know, there's more available, and they're going to book the thing that is the best value, which doesn't mean a necessarily that's good for you, right? So uh, the, basically what that's saying is the thing that's uh, most underpriced relative to how nice it is. And so in this case, Richard, like your place was priced uh, way below its actual value. And so of course that's the one that they're gonna pick off. 
And so um, the best indicator that you're underpriced is that your calendar is um, filled way too far in advance. Um, so in our software, we, do, we give you guidance sort of around that about how many of your next 30 uh, or 90 days should be booked to make sure that you're not underpriced. Um, and so the, the kind of the, re, the, the two things that we look at is, you know, uh, if you are um, completely booked up for the next nine, nine months, that's a good indicator that you are underpriced. Um, if you only have one or two bookings and your listing has been up for a while in the next you know, couple of months, that's a great um, sign that you're overpriced. Um, and so by getting booked at exactly the right rate, you can make sure that you're kind of optimizing your revenue across that. Um, a good, an, another example of that, um, besides you, is we um, just had somebody in uh, either in your forum or another forum uh, talking about how they had used uh, uh, Airbnb smart pricing, which I think there's a general consensus around that pretty much underprices you always. Um, and he had already booked up most of his summer in Chicago um, for, I think he had a two bedroom and it was for like $120 a night on average in a market where it should be at least you know, 250, 275, um, and his whole summer was already booked. And so whenever we look at people's listings, the first thing we do is take a look at their calendar, and if it's all booked up, we know we can help make them more money. Right, right. And and it takes a little while. You're going to be uncomfortable. Anybody who yep. embraces this knowledge, it's going to be uncomfortable. So I am generally, um, I would say, and I look at your health scores, he has a really clean dashboard, it's really easy. I, you have a free trial, right? Yep. for our users okay so check it out it's really easy um, but my point is when I look at it it takes a little bit of time and belief you have to have faith uh, yeah. looking at your calendar and saying like wow I'm okay for the next couple of weeks or even the next month or two but like for instance my March is empty but I have faith it will start to book up and the point being um, just like anything else if you if you're the last or the only availability and people need that or there's we didn't even talk about like spike um, demand so if there's a convention or a concert you don't want to be the first person booked because you just got picked off you yep. literally want to be all hotels sold out all Airbnb sold out and you're the last person have you ever bought that <laughs> plane ticket where you're like why am I paying a thousand dollars for the plane ticket and the guy sitting next to you bought it for 177. The thing that everyone needs to understand about running this Airbnb business is the incremental dollar is 100% profit. The marginal dollar is 100% profit. Yeah. You're already paying your mortgage. You're already paying for the electric and all this and that. So if you can get instead of $120 a night, in the example that you just gave in Chicago, 250, 100% profit. Your costs have not increased at all. And that's yep. huge. There's almost no other business that you can have a zero cost of goods sold and a hundred percent incremental profit. And that's so, that's what always drew me to, to dynamic pricing and revenue management from, from early in my career, which was this is free money. <laughs> um, it's just sitting there. Um, and so if you can can optimize it correctly, that's great. Um, Two, two quick points for you, Richard, uh, related to what you're talking about. Um, so uh, one is uh, that, that risk, right? So um, really we think about uh, this sort of frontier of, um, you know, how long you wait, right? You said, hey, if you are that last place available and you know there's going to be one more person booking, uh, then you can charge a lot. Um, that's great. That's at, like you're right there on that efficient frontier, right? Um, 
Now, you might not want that risk because maybe that one person doesn't show up. Um, and so it's okay to be a little bit below that frontier, right? Where maybe you're, you know, one of the last 10 that gets booked. Still great. You just don't want to be part of that first 10. And one of the things you can do in our product is basically um, decide your, your risk by, by lowering or increasing what we call your, your base price. And so um, if you're like saying, hey, look, I don't want to wait all just for very last minute bookings. Um, I just want a little bit more security. All you do is just lower that base price 5%, something like that, and you'll book up a little bit further ahead and you'll reduce your risk a little bit, but you'll also be leaving a little bit of money on the table. Um, it's just the return for that risk. Um, and so that's something you can do there. Um, the second point on all of that is you talk about you know, getting a, you know, uh, not knowing whether to trust it or to wait or, or all that sort of stuff. Um, our user number one, this guy named Ivan, um, still emails me directly, I love him, uh, had a, a spare bedroom in San Francisco, was our first user. Um, he and his wife uh, used to uh, have arguments over whether or not um, to lower their prices on Beyond Pricing because they went from being booked up for the next three months straight always to having 50% of their days in the next month available, um, uh, you know. And so it took a lot for them to say, hey, you know what, it's gonna come in, we're gonna get all of those booked. Um, and they would literally, for months when they first started, uh, have arguments about <laughs> whether or not to lower that. Uh, Ivan won out, he trusted it, and after a couple of months, uh, uh, so did his wife. Yeah, and, and I've seen it too. And by the way, it's important to note that in most markets, there's going to be some seasonality or cyclicality, right? Yeah. So I've started to analyze my business much more granular. Some of my rentals, I can have a $5,000 month and I can have a $25,000 month, same yep. property, yep. right? And if I was pricing it alone without the use of beyond pricing, I might always price it at like 5,000 a month because that's what clears. 5,000 a month, um, you know, 12 months is $60,000 a year. Not bad, certainly pays a mortgage and so on. but this same property is closer to $200,000 a year. That extra 140,000 is really, really important. It's all profit. I can then put that back into either renovating or expanding or start to grow the business. It all starts from being profitable. And if you're not doing dynamic pricing, I can tell you you're being suboptimal because there's quant guys that are, you're competing with that are taking your profit. Yep, right? absolutely. So, so here's the one thing that we hear a lot because we, you know, we, we promote you and we believe in you a lot and thank you, you know, for helping us uh, is that, hey, Ian or Richard, Beyond Pricing is not available in my area and, you know, tell us where you're available, what percentage of the, the country or the world. Just give us a sense for your reach. Yeah, um, no, it's a great question. Um, so we're live in about 1,200 markets around the world. Um, and uh, it covers about 85% of all the listings around the world. Um, so we're pretty much everywhere that um, has a lot of listings. Um, however, there are some kind of smaller markets where we haven't launched it yet. And the reason why we did this is we wanted to make sure that we get it absolutely right for you. And so we actually have on staff revenue managers who are sitting there um, looking at it um, to make sure everything's perfect. Um, and so because we put all of that uh, work into it, um, you know, we wait until we have a couple folks who are ready to go in that market before we launch it from. Now, we've been collecting data for all these places 
Um, and, it, and the algorithm's been learning for multiple years for every single market. It's just a matter of us launching it. So if you have, if you're listening, you have market, you said, hey, I went on to be on pricing, I uh, connected my Airbnb and it said, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not available in uh, Buffalo, New York, or um, you know, some other uh, smaller town. Uh, ping Facebook or ping Richard or ping support at Beyond Pricing and just let them know. Um, or better yet, we usually have a button that says, hey, notify me. Um, when it's available. Um, we actually see every single one of those, and when, as soon as we see about two of those, or even if we only see one, uh, we'll go and launch that as soon as possible. Um, so leverage, yeah, leverage that, but that... also leverage Richard. If Richard comes and says, hey, Ian, I got uh, one of my folks who's uh, in this place, um, can you launch this? We'll make sure that happens. Cool, thank you. And and one thing that I think is a a user error, perhaps, is I think a lot of people go to your website and search for where um, yeah. where you're available. And as we talked about before the podcast, folks, that's a manual list that he has. Instead of worrying about whether you see your community there, go ahead and like link your uh, listing, Airbnb or HomeAway, and you'll know whether it's available or it's not. Exactly. Yeah, we could do a better job of telling you to connect to, to find out the full list. Um, it's things like, hey, we're in you know, the Florida panhandle, and there's about, you know, 50 different cities in that. Uh, it would get to be a bit cumbersome, too. So uh, if in doubt, just right. that Airbnb and we'll let you know. You probably have Look, the same I thing some, with the limo business. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's impossible, you know, and, and it's unfortunate. But the reality of it is every single place that I've tried to connect, you've been available. And I have some pretty, you know, I have a place down in Mobile, and it does really well. It's probably one of my best and most profitable places because my costs are really low and my revenue is really high. Yep. Um, so so tell us from a broader perspective, you're a big data guy, you sit in this room, you've got all these whirring servers and everything's <laughs> buzzing. How fast is this growing? How many people are signing up? Where do you think Airbnb and HomeAway goes? Are you seeing demographic trends about size or locations? Just like if, if people are looking to grow and expand, what yeah. does the data tell you? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we're growing very, very quickly. We more than quadrupled last year. We work with over, well, I think it's probably now about 140,000 listings around the world. Um, Amazing. So we're growing real, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Just getting started, though. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, all of that stuff is going great. Um, you know, Airbnb and Homeboy continuing to grow. Um, what What is actually good I would say is good is that we've seen supply kind of slow down a little bit, um, which is actually good for everyone here. Um, what you don't want is a market where supply is growing too quickly, right? Real estate kind of one one. Right. If, if you're going to build a hotel somewhere and suddenly they're going to build 20,000 new rooms uh, in the next five years, you can expect prices to be going down, right? Right. Um, so you want to try to find these markets where um, you know growth has slowed um, a bit, so that you um, your assumption you know your there won't be compression on your prices there. Um, uh, and what's good is in general that's kind of slowed, but demand continues to be strong. Um, so we've seen occupancy uh, ticking upwards in a lot of these markets. Um, so that's exciting. Um, you kind of see some boom and bust a, a little bit in, in um, market by market. 
you know, uh, in the very early days, places like Seattle and these urban markets were really hot. Um, and then, you know, they quadrupled the number of, of listings there and that kind of took, uh, and, and um, you know, real estate prices went up so much that it kind of took a bit of the wind out of the sales. Um, and then more recently, um, a lot of these secondary markets have been pretty exciting, uh, places like Nashville, um, Cincinnati, um, you know, some of these other ones where, to your point, the, the, the you know, the real estate cost is relatively low, but uh, the occupancy and the average daily rate you can get for a vacation rental is still decently high. Um, you know, like Mobile, Alabama, that's a great example for you, right, Richard? Um, I think it was, I just saw this, I, I want to I buy a place there now because they're like a hundred, like you can get something close to the beach for like $130,000 or something. Um, pretty, I mean, it depends obviously on what it is, but pretty incredible. Um, and, you know, that'll be, you know, one eighth the cost, one seventh the cost of something in, you know, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, but the nightly rate isn't one seventh. Um, the nightly right. rate, uh, you know, at worst might be half. Um, and so those are the places that, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited about. And I think there's great trends um, there. Yeah. And I think what's interesting, this is where data actually helps. So when I bought the place uh, that I have in Fairhope, Alabama, which is about an hour away from Mobile, and I did demographic work, they had all sorts of incentives to bring big aerospace and automobile companies. And these are, you know, a lot of jobs being created, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. And I, I made an educated guess that these people would want to recreate in the summer and get away and be on the water. And Fairhope yeah. is amazing. If you've never been, I think everyone should go check it out. It's beautiful. But to me, like that was one of the most risky investments I made because I didn't know a lot about it and I didn't know what kind of um, spend people would have and how much demand there would be. And so from just a qualitative perspective, I looked at it and said, gee, this could work out well or it may not. But I wasn't sure. Whereas other markets. Um, more urban areas, I, I felt a little more comfort and security, those may not be as good. And so my point is, as people start to grow and, and expand, and we get this in the Facebook forum and on YouTube all the time, is people feel like they must expand in their backyard or in their neighboring community. Nobody told anybody, you know, starting a business that it must be in only this industry, right? Like, you can expand your geography, it can be international, it can be domestic, it can be second market, it could be a four bedroom house, it could be a studio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's lots of strategies there, um, you know, both on the ROI front, but also probably, and maybe talk about this on the cash flow front um, because of the, the wild seasonality. So, um, you know, uh, you might be, uh, if you're in like Outer Banks or something like that, you know, you got about 10 weeks of bookings, that's all your revenue right there in the summer. Um, and so, uh, but your mortgage is going to go through, you know, throughout the year. And so you might want to think about investing in a, um, something that's counter uh, seasonal to that. So a, a ski town or something that's, that's high in the winter um, or, or, you know, something on the Gulf Coast, something that can then counter that. So you can put together a nice portfolio of places um, as well. Precisely. And to that end, you know, now we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I want to paint sure. a picture because if people haven't dreamt as broad, they may have never thought about this, but it's a little bit like insurance, right? So if you were a car insurer, you wouldn't want to take the risk on Richard or Ian alone, but Richard plus Ian plus a million other people now suddenly becomes profitable. 
it's the same thing as you add more properties, things like um, seasonality, um, hurricanes, um, you know, whatever coming to that one town is offset by the fact that you have 5, 10, 15, 20 other properties that continue to cash flow. It becomes a big pool of a portfolio approach of managing it. And let's say there's a hurricane or you're out of business. You know, we have some users that were in Puerto Rico and, you know, yep. their business is basically shut down for six months or a year. But if, yep. if that one portfolio asset in, in Puerto Rico was one of five or seven, it sinks. And, and I don't want to minimize that, but it's offset by the fact that you have six other cash flowing properties. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're in a hurricane area or a snow area. <laughs> um, it can be very uh, dependent on um, how things go. You can just, I mean, we're already seeing a tough year, for instance, in the uh, Lake Tahoe and Telluride and places like yeah. that. My um, my Crested View, Colorado property is, is hurt. It's yep. completely hurt, right? But the thing is, and I, I've said this to a lot of my um, audience, make sure you have at least two seasons. So even my ski house in Colorado that I bought for a ski house, it turns out we do much better in the summer. Um, yep. So we're having a bad we're having a bad winter. We have an unbelievable summer coming up. Yep. Um, so tell us a little bit, changing gears. It sounds like you're growing quickly. Listings at Airbnb and HomeAway perhaps are slowing, and that's that's a good thing, especially because I think that the demand, more people are staying in Airbnb and HomeAways and perhaps more frequently and perhaps for more things. Maybe they started as personal and now they're traveling as a family, or maybe they started as a family and now they're also including business. So I think that the, the adoption rate is still growing People are doing it more frequently and for more purposes. And so like, that's a lot of opportunity. Um, what do you see between HomeAway and Airbnb? And is there any other platforms that you're monitoring? Um, what are the trends there? Yeah, I mean, um, they both continue to be strong. One thing I always say is try to be multi-channel. Um, you know, if you built your business, uh, for instance, uh, you know, if you're an e-commerce site and you built your whole business on uh, Google uh, search traffic and they change their algorithm and you, your whole business could go away. Um, same thing with uh, with vacation rentals. Um, you want to at least be on uh, at least two of the major platforms and Airbnb and HomeAway are still those kind of leaders there. Um, you know, HomeAway is traditionally sort of the, uh, I don't want to say the older generation, but what people originally thought of when they wanted to rent a vacation rental, they thought of Homeway or rather VRBO, which Homeway owns. Um, uh, and they continue to be strong. They, they were recently bought by Expedia, um, it's made, which has actually, the biggest change there has been that it um, the user interface uh, is a lot better. The, the searching, the, the ranking is a lot better than it used to be, which means I think it's a better guest experience than it was in the past. Um, and so they're they're continuing to to grow um, a little bit, but the biggest thing is that we've seen with Homeway is that conversion uh, is a lot higher. So it used to be that nobody kept their calendars up to date on Homeway because it was a it was just a classified site basically, um, and so all they were looking for were leads, and so nobody had up to date calendars or up to date prices, and so guests were trained to email 20 different properties saying, hi, are you available and what's the cost, which created a big pain for anybody um, who was trying to manage all of that. Now they've gotten a lot better and the conversion rate from inquiry to, to booking is a lot higher. Um, so that's one thing that we kind of look at is, hey, is there a good conversion rate there too? And is there a lot of traffic? 
um, Airbnb and HomeAway still are the leaders. Um, the other places, um, to be honest, TripAdvisor, uh, Rich, I don't know, are you on TripAdvisor? Or, or you know, it's called flip, flip key. key, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I tried. I didn't like the way that they charged me, but I didn't really care. But I just, I never got any bookings. No volume, And it was right? so expensive. Yep. It was so expensive for me as the host and super expensive for the guest. Yep. It's like they came out and they mispriced. Yeah, yeah, it's just been, they changed that recently. They have the same model as Airbnb now, 3% to the host, and um, then they charge a traveler fee on to the guests. Um, but we, what I've seen in the feedback in the market has just been that there's just not much volume anymore coming from there. It used to be a great channel, but um, we're not seeing as much volume there. Um, the other place that's a little bit trickier to deal with um, but has a ton of traffic is Booking.com. Um, Booking.com is, the, I mean, it's the largest hotel uh, accommodation site in the world, um, and they may actually mix vacation rentals in right with their hotel search. So when you search in a given market, um, you'll actually see uh, a bunch of vacation rentals there. Um, the way that they differ uh, is kind of two major things. One is um, you really don't get to know anything. There's no back and forth communication. It's just instant book, just like you would a hotel. Um, and you have to take the credit card. Um, so because you don't know anything about the guest, really, um, I generally recommend it for, uh, um, you know, I want more condos or houses where, you know, you don't have a bunch of precious things that you'd worry about. I'm not saying that it's going to be bad, but it's kind of uh, your more commodity type inventory, I think uh, um, you'll, you'll feel more comfortable with on there. Um, uh, and just to be sure. Do you do pricing for them or not yet? We do it via a partner called HostAway, um, okay. which uh, is uh, you can connect to HostAway and then they will push your prices out to booking.com. Yeah, and so my perception, having spoken to a lot of people, is the people that are doing this like professionally, if they're property managers and they run a 100-unit condo or – 10 buildings, they like booking.com because it really generates a lot of um, traffic and bookings. And when I've spoken to people that are doing it with like onesie twosies, they have one home yeah. or two homes or whatever, it tends to be like what you're talking about where the guests that book their home might have even thought they were booking a hotel and they're yeah. asking for things like, where's the room service? And you're like, well, I'm not the Marriott. But they didn't know that when they booked, and you didn't know them. And so it, yep. it, it can be really good or it may not be great. I've actually never tried it, um, and it, probably I should, but I just haven't done it. Um, yeah. The other thing that I'd like to talk about a little bit, and we're going to wind down here. I know Ian has a hard stop, and I really appreciate your time. Is just Thank you. we have a lot of people that um, – when we talk about you, they recommend the Airbnb uh, pricing, which I think always yep. prices too low. I think Airbnb strategy is to appeal to the unsophisticated host that takes comfort in bookings, not revenue, but like I'm fully booked. Uh, that's Airbnb in my opinion. But there are other um, competitors to you. Uh, since you've launched, there's probably three or five or that I'm aware of. You probably know of more. But why, why should people use you? versus yep. some of these other ones that they might be using. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so there's yeah, kind of two categories that we think of. One are the, um, the, the copycats on the listing site side, which is Airbnb uh, primarily. 
Um, and then the other one is some some kind of other ones that have, have sort of copied what we originally did since we launched. Um, so on the listing site side, you're absolutely right on the Airbnb. Um, you know, Airbnb would rather uh, uh, kind of go from, you know, triple in size than help you make 30% more is how I think of it. If they can go from $10 billion in bookings to $30 billion in bookings by underpricing you, uh, so that people will um, book with Airbnb instead of at a hotel, they do better than if they helped that $10 billion uh, make 30% more, because that would only if get I could, $13 billion. Yeah, if I could just interrupt you for a second. Yes. There's a perfect analogy that we will all understand. Uber. Yeah. Uber doesn't care how much their drivers make at all. Right. Right? All Uber wants people to do is book through Uber, not take a yellow cab, not take public transportation. And then you have all these people that sign up for Uber and they start driving for Uber and they make no money. They're yep. busy. They're hustling. They're paying for gas and wear and tear and so on. But it's not a good business, per se, for the driver. It's a really good business from Uber's perspective. And I'm not being critical of Uber. I'm just saying they have yep. a different thing that they're optimizing for. Exactly. The host or the driver. Yep, exactly. And we're only optimizing for the host, right? And that's where we come in. Exactly. So we definitely recommend always a third-party system. Um, and then also, if you're on multiple sites, you want a third-party system because demand is different on different sites and you want your prices to go out everywhere um, where you list. Um, for competitors, a um, couple of things that differentiate us. Um, first is just pure size. You know, We're at least 10x the size of anybody else, um, which means we actually get better feedback loops. So we have more people using our prices and then us seeing if they get booked or not. Um, uh, and what that usually leads to is like we have, uh, we're better at like pricing events, especially. So all other places might say, hey, over Christmas in Maui, you know, you can double your price. We know you can triple it because we have so many people that are already using us who are setting a price three times as high and then actually seeing that it gets booked. And so by us having such a, a, a bigger scope um, than they do, we actually will end up having better prices. Um, the second part is we're actually the only company that uh, did revenue management before. You'd be surprised. Um, other folks just thought, oh, hey, there should be software to help me figure out what to price or rather, um, you know, uh, saw what we were doing and then just decided to copy it. Um, we're actually the only ones that had ever done dynamic pricing and revenue management before, which is shocking to me. Um, and, and I think you see that in the pricing. You know, we'll, uh, we just had someone switch from uh, a competitor um, who uh, was in, uh, I want to say they're in Milwaukee, uh, and that competitor was completely missing the second largest event of the year. Um, we pride ourselves in, in always catching those things. And then the last bit is, like, we want to make this easy for you to, to be uh, your own revenue manager. That, by the way, revenue manager is the term uh, that hotels and airlines use for the person that um, looks after prices. Um, and so we want to give you all that data too. So when you go into Beyond Pricing, um, you'll see we have a, we were the first to ever kind of show you all that market data. Um, and uh, you can see where you're priced versus the market, um, which is great. Um, we use it internally too when we look at you and you write in and we want to help you make more money. And if we see your prices are all way below the market, we'll say, hey, increase that base price. Um, so we want to give you all that data so you can um, see all of that for yourself. Um, and then actually through, um, speaking of pairs, we acquired one of them called SmartHost uh, last year. 
Um, and with that, help, uh, it helped us launch this kind of nearby listings feature, which is sort of a smart comps feature. So you can see all of the which listings really cool. right around you. Yeah, we, we, always, yeah. we never launched it's, it first. We wanted to say, hey, we, uh, the algorithm will do the work. You don't need to see that. But everyone was curious. And so we wanted to make sure that was we could surface that in a, in a clean and easy to understand way for folks. Well, you've done that, and it's really cool. And um, with that, I just want to say the following. We're excited to host or have you as a guest uh, for our paying members, I think, in a couple of months, where we're going to get a little bit more granular, talk about the interface and how people can do it. If people want to join the membership, www.str.university. It's not .com, but your name down there, whenever we reopen, we'll let you know. But we're going to have great... Um, experts like Ian talking about how to do it specifically in granular. This has been a great overview, and I have one favor to ask, and maybe you're already here. I literally, right before this interview, closed on a three-bedroom condo that's legally zoned in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where I'm moving. It's legally zoned for short-term rental, so I'll be putting it on uh, Airbnb and HomeAway. If you're not in Jackson, I'm asking you now, please enable Jackson, Wyoming. We are live there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Confirmed. Awesome. Well, I cool. Well, I just know now I'm going to be making even more money than I anticipated. But Ian, really, I, I thank you um, as an individual, as a business thank person, you. as a friend. You've always been very accessible and transparent. And, you know, you, it's really cool to have developed this relationship with you over years. And I'd welcome anybody listening to this podcast uh, at any point to try it. I know that it's going to work for you. And, um, you know, it's really great stuff. Well, thank you for the kind words. Um, you can always find us on our website. Um, hit us up at support at beyondpricing.com or uh, I'm now in Richard's Facebook groups. Uh, easiest way to, to get a hold of me is just uh, mention me so that I'll actually uh, pop, perk up and pay attention. So um, I want to help any way I can. Awesome. Well, listen, I want to help you be on time for your next appointment. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Insightful, filled with uh, revelations and interesting ways to generate more profit and help people grow. And Ian, keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate it very much. Hey, you too, Richard. Thanks so much. So that does it for another episode of the STRU podcast. As always, all links mentioned are in the show notes below. And if you found this show helpful, please leave a review on iTunes. If you're serious about short-term rental investing, be sure to check out str.university. Till next time.